Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is The Art of Less Doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. So is anybody still eating turkey today? Uh, I'm recording this on Monday, November 30th, and I I feel like we haven't even gotten through half the turkey. Thanksgiving was awesome. We had 18 people at our house. We had two entire turkeys, and it was just incredible. It's my I love I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday, and it was just so much fun. And I hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. So, welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. Uh, this is episode 194. I'm sorry, 195 with Marco Altini of HRV Training. A really cool interview with Marco who created an app that lets you test your heart rate variability. And there's definitely issues or questions about whether or not it's accurate to test HRV using the iPhone camera or your phone's camera. However, I'm I'm of the general opinion that with this kind of stuff, if you're using the same thing consistently, then you should actually have a good baseline and should be able to compare to that. Just like the body fat analysis machines like the scales in your in your bathroom they're really highly sensitive to how much how hydrated you are so you can do your body fat drink a whole bunch of water a half an hour later and get a very very different result but again if you're using the same device on a regular basis i i I believe you should have a sort of a general sense of if you're going in the right direction or not so it's it was really cool and and i know that you will like uh, the interview I also want to point out that while you're all listening to this, this week, uh, which is actually well, starting December 1st through, I guess, the 7th, is Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. So the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America declared this, and I think it's official now, but it's Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. And as most of you should know from listening to the podcast, I suffered from Crohn's disease for several years until I overcame it and helped several other people overcome it. I've been on two boards of the the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and they do really, really great work. And if you know somebody who has Crohn's or colitis, mention you know, mention this week to them that it's Crohn's Class Awareness Week because it's one of those illnesses that doesn't get talked about a lot. Fortunately, that has changed quite a bit. And also, if they are struggling, remind them or let them know that I do some free consultations for people with Crohn's, and I'm happy to do that if I can help. So with that, I'm going to get to a bunch of the links today. I've got quite a few. This, I guess these, been, these have been saved up for, uh, for the holiday. <laughs> so uh, the first one is called Elegant. It's E L E G A N T T. It's Elegant for Trello. Now, if any of you know what, or I guess it's Gantt actually, Elegant. So Gantt scheduling. Uh, if anyone, even if you don't know per se what it is, I'm sure you've seen it. It's where you have a horizontal timeline of the calendar, and then you have these bars going across it that show when certain parts of a project are going to take place. So uh, you see this a lot with construction planning. You'll have the design phase, which is a bar. And then under that, there's a planning and uh, permitting phase, which usually overlaps a little bit with the design 
design phase, but then it moves forward beyond that. So it's basically a way to visually see how things are being sort of scheduled, the progress on various projects. And what this does, which is really cool, is it does this automatically with Trello. So basically all you do is you log into Trello, you pick which boards you want, and it will give you, I guess it'll give you the big picture. So you can see how things have been worked on, uh, when things are late, if they're on schedule or not, uh, if they're early, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Gantt charts are actually a really great way to visually see this stuff. I think that they're, I, I personally think they're really useful. And uh, this automatically does it from Trello, which is obviously something that I, lo I love Trello. So check it out. Now, uh, this is a cool article over at Barking Up the Wrong Tree. It's called, This is the Number One Mistake Parents Make When Arguing with Kids. Uh, so this is how to deal with out-of-control kids. And there's a, it's a book that I think I mentioned before. It's really cool. Uh, called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, uh, which is, it's actually a pretty good book. So uh, the number one thing that you do wrong, and this is according to like FBI research and FBI negotiator, is denying their feelings. Now, I, there's a way to take this too far, honestly, but uh, if you basically are not validating what a child is feeling, then that can cause a lot of other problems. Uh, so it's a kind of same, same thing where uh, they, they give us good examples. What's the typical reaction when you tell an angry person to calm down? They yell, I am calm. <laughs> um, so it's the same kind of thing, actually, with a kid. So they're saying you have to listen with full attention and really understand what is you know bothering them. And also, I want to pause for a second here and, and point out that I realize that there are some people who think that who would say that, you know, I, I'm the parent, they're the child, and they have to listen. And in theory, that's true. And I agree in theory, but it doesn't work that way in practice. And, you know, unless you're willing to go to very extreme measures, you're, you're still dealing with a human being and you have to deal with it as such. There's all sorts of different inputs. And kids these days are different than when we were kids. And well, we, I say that, people of my age, which is 33, and certainly different from when our parents were kids. So essentially, this is saying that if you're not really hearing what their problem is, then they're not going to feel acknowledged. So you have to acknowledge their feelings and say that basically let them know that you understand what they're saying. And then from there, you can have a more normal conversation. So again, with Barking Up the Wrong Tree, I always try to give you just a little tidbit, even though it's already kind of the tidbits of uh, an article or study, but check it out. And the book is really good, how to, how to talk so kids will listen and how to listen so kids will talk. So uh, I, I, I just really enjoyed that. Okay, so this is a company, there's a company called chalk omize Now, I have, I've talked about this before, and I'm trying to think where really quickly. chalk omize was one of those companies that allows you to do custom-made chocolate. Um, and this is something that was, that was brought up when I was teaching. It, it's one of the fundamentals of less doing where you're teaching, where I, sorry, where I taught people about how you can get custom-made products that fit your needs and nobody else's needs. So Chocomize uh, lets you do custom chocolate, chocolate, chocolate bars. And you can kind of put whatever you want in them. It's actually, it's really cool. Uh, you can put like, you know, superfoods, is, which is obviously a big marketing thing, but you can put like goji berries or nuts. Uh, but essentially you can get exactly the chocolate bar that you want. And I mean, this, this, it's not gimmicky. Like you sometimes chocolate can be considered a superfood. I mean, it should be considered a superfood, honestly, real good chocolate. Uh, I know that Dave Asprey of the Bulletproof executive would agree that chocolate is a superfood and uh, chocolate now lets you create these sort of gift ones. So with the holidays coming up, I thought that this would be a cool thing to share. Uh, you can get 
custom made, exactly custom made chocolate bars with writing on them and boxes and sent them to people you want. And they make really great gifts. So uh, I, 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 I recommend it. <laughs> um, now I want to pause for a second here and remind everybody that if you're out and about and you're not at a computer somewhere and you want to sign up for the Less Doing podcast, you can do so by texting the word do less to 33733. That's do less to 33733. And if you do that, you will be added to our newsletter. And the first email you get will be will include an infographic on how you can get to Inbox Zero. And my methodology for getting to Inbox Zero is not just about email. It also helps you in sort of automating the decisions that you make in other parts of your life. So please check out the Less Doing newsletter by texting do less to 33733. Um, okay. So, uh, moving on. Now, the next one is it's a app called Just Press Record. Now, <laughs> there are a hundred apps out there, or thousands of apps probably for recording voice messages. There's there's really no end to them. Uh, but and actually, my favorite one is called Dropvox. Drop V O X. Uh, because what Dropvox does is it actually will record directly to Dropbox. So you open the app, you can set it so that when you open the app, it just starts recording immediately and you don't have to even press anything. And you're unlimited, basically, your space is unlimited because it's recording it directly into Dropbox, which is really cool because you can also set triggers with Zapier or IFTTT that if you upload a new recording to a folder, then it does all sorts of fun stuff. Um, but this app is called Just Press Record. And what I like about it is it, it's very simple. You just press a button and you start recording. Uh, but it has an Apple Watch app to it. Uh, so you can access it from the watch. And all you're doing is you're pulling it up and you're pressing the record button really big. And then you just start recording. Now, I know that, again, that may seem like really simple and kind of silly. But the truth is, is that if you've got really good ideas or you've got something that you just want to get out of your head really quickly, voice recording is typically the best way to do it. It tends to be the most natural and also the least hindered, I guess. So you can do that really quickly and then sort of go about your day. So I really like this. Just press record. Okay, so <laughs> this is one of those famous articles that comes out every couple months. It says it's from Greatest. It's how the most productive day, I'm sorry, how the most productive people start their work day. So, uh, and it says hint, it's not email. And I, I got to tell you, I just often have a lot of problems with this stuff. They're always saying that the most productive people don't check their email first thing in the morning. And I just don't, I mean, I just don't agree with that as a, as like a, a rule. I understand not getting into like, if you don't want to check your email, then you have the wrong idea about email. That's the thing. Okay. So I've said this before. I check my email dozens of times a day probably. And that's because I love my email and my email is productive. And if I'm in my email, it's something really useful. It's something helpful. It's something that I can actually do. And I set myself up that I can run most of my business from my email. So I can't wait to check my email in the morning because I know that I'm going to be able to do stuff. The other thing is that I'm very efficient with checking my email. So I can take three or four minutes and actually get effective email work done and set things in motion for later on. So you obviously can train yourself to not worry about email and, you know, go get up and go about your day and do other things. But I, I say, why? If your email is set up in a way that it's really efficient, then you want to check your email. 
Okay, so yes, maybe there's, and so then the question is, how do they, how are they defining these people that are the most productive? And honestly, I'm not sure. Um, so one of the things that they do say that people do is that they journal. And that is something that I agree with in principle, but I don't do it. Um, it's not something that's part of my routine because honestly, I wake up to a child crying or telling me to get out of bed and feed them. So I don't have that opportunity to get up really. And, and by the way, <laughs> I've tried getting up earlier, uh, much earlier, and it just it, it doesn't end up working. Somebody wakes up. If it's not a, a kid, it's a dog. And that's okay. That's that's the that's my family that I love. So journaling is not something that I get to do first thing in the morning. So I, again, I, I think that it's it's setting people up for failure by saying that this is what the most productive people do. Because then if you don't do that, does that mean that you can't be productive? And and I honestly I would highly, highly, highly disagree with that. So if you want to check your email first thing in the morning, do it, but at least do it efficiently. Okay. So here's another one now. Uh, this is called Starling. It is a child's wearable that can boost IQ. So this, this is something that is actually kind of near and dear to me. And my son, Ben, who's almost four now, had significant speech delay because when he was around two years old, he had chronic ear infections that we didn't know about and was effectively deaf for about three months, which and it was a really important time for speech development. So he, we cleared that up, fortunately, naturally, without doing any surgery. And then he was in speech therapy for quite a while after that. So this is something really fascinating to me. Uh, basically, it's the world's first word tracking system that can improve your child's trajectory for life, is what they say, which is a tall order. But essentially, what this does it's a little, it's a device that tracks the number of words your baby hears and says each day. So it's, it clips onto their front. And by the way, I, I mean, I, I really like this idea, but I, I'd be surprised if you could keep this on a kid all day, quite honestly, but it's really cool. Uh, so it has an all day battery, it's Bluetooth, microphone, everything. Uh, and you may have some issues with having something transmitting on your child all the time, but uh, you can basically track verbal interaction, which is pretty cool. Uh, I have to say, so you can see how many words they had today and there's personalized information analytics and everything. And I, I mean, honestly, I think that this is really great. It's, it's something that you can let, you can at least know, like if you're on the right track and if not, maybe you can make some changes. Uh, but essentially this is helping with children's uh, educational and social development in a lot of ways. So I, I love, I love that they're doing this. I really do. So, uh, and it's an Indiegogo campaign, by the way, right now. So if you want to get in on it, you can. Okay. So uh, I told you there was a lot of links today, right? <laughs> oh, and also I want to take this uh, opportunity to remind everybody about the Less Doing Wadcast, which is still in full effect. We're getting several hundred downloads per day. I'm really grateful and amazed at how the response has been. Um, I do use it myself. I did it the other day with my with uh, my Less Doist co-founder, Nick Sonnenberg, we did a workout and it's really hard. And I have to say the randomness of it is great. It, it works out really well. So if you're interested in getting a great workout in eight minutes or less a day, go check out the Less Doing Wadcast at lessdoingwadcast.com. Okay, so uh, there's an article over at Medical Daily saying that autoimmune disease flare-ups may be triggered by certain dietary fats. Others might improve symptoms. So this is really cool to me because I believe and I've, I've seen this with myself and also with the dozens of other Crohn's victims that I have helped overcome their illness that good fats are a really important part of the recovery as far as I'm concerned because not only is it anti-inflammatory but it also helps your gut bacteria communicate 
more effectively. So what this is saying is uh, is interesting, and it's, it's not counter to that. Uh, but basically what it's saying is that there's you know, two types of fatty acids, which we should know, long-chain fatty acids and short-chain fatty acids. And then, of course, you have the medium-chain triglycerides, which is uh, medium-chain, which is what you find in MCT oil. Uh, coconut oil has it, that kind of thing. So uh, basically it's saying that long-chain fatty acids, for example, uh, are, are what you find in beef, pork, lamb, cheese, butter, and whole milk. And then short-chain, what you find in fiber-rich foods like flax seeds, walnuts, soybeans, and leafy green vegetables so that they found in this research they found that mice who ate long chain fatty acids triggered the release of pro-inflammatory t-cells which worsened the mice mice's flare-ups so uh, in a person with an autoimmune disease like crohn's disease flare-ups can might cause an increase in t-cells attacking the lining of the digestive tract which is what leads to a lot of the problem so uh this is interesting that they're saying basically that the 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 long chains that you find in beef, pork, lamb, cheese, and butter, and whole milk uh, can actually cause a an inflammatory response. So you have to take this with a grain of salt. Now, there's a couple things here: is that there's all sorts of other things that affect autoimmune diseases. One of which is stress, and you might be able to argue that the stress uh, control cannot be accurately recreated with mice. Um, so that's one thing, but also I, I wouldn't completely disagree because I can say that when I was a pescatarian, which I was for almost three years, I, I still believe that that might've been the, the best I felt. Now I do eat meat now and I love meat and I eat good quality meat and I feel really good. So it's hard to say, but I, I do think that the pescatarian diet is extremely healthy so a lot of leafy, a lot of green vegetables and fish, because uh, a lot of people don't have enough fish in their diet, I would say. And fish, I think, I believe, is more important than red meat. So this this is not counter to that. But again, with, with any of this kind of stuff, with any kind of health and diet stuff, you really need to test it yourself and see how you feel. Now, of course, when you're having any kind of fat, uh, toxins are most often stored in fat. So you really want to get the best quality fats. So grass-fed beef, uh, heritage-raised pork, for example. Otherwise, you're really going to be eating the worst parts of everything. And even if you're not with an autoimmune disease, it's going to make things worse. So uh, it was a good article, though. Uh, okay, now this is not, this is on the opposite end of the spectrum. This is not exactly healthy, per se. But uh, this is a company called Foodsters. And uh, now there's no artificial ingredients, preservatives, flavors, or dyes. But what these are is it's like Blue Apron for baking so these are baking kits and you can get kits to make uh sugar cookies brownie popsicle kick um their kit uh the turtle brownie bars so th these are not the healthiest things but they're still fun projects and you can get the kit that has everything you need basically to make whatever the uh the item is that you would like now there's a couple other companies doing things along these lines uh, where you're just doing desserts. And to me, it, it, it's kind of silly because it's like, what's the difference between just going out and buying a cake mix or something like that? But um, some of this, like this, one of the, the kits is for ice cream. So if you're going to make ice cream and then you have the cone and then you, you put things on it, I, I guess that's fun. I, I Personally, if you're going to eat dessert, I think it'd be great if you can make it at home. So this is, I think, is a step in the right direction, basically. Um, okay, so uh, this is uh, a really cool thing. It's on, I'm on Mercola's website, and it's how to become a nutritional health professional who is legally allowed to use food as a medicine. So uh, this is specifically talking about clinical 
nutrition certification, which is a real thing. So you can become, you know, people have heard of probably registered dietitians uh, and nutritional, uh, I guess, uh, what's it? Uh, CNA certified nutrition. I, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the other one, but basically what they're saying is the bl- the best option, the highest option for a, a clinical nutrition professional is to become a certified nutrition specialist, which is a certification issued by the board for certification of nutrition specialists. And you, you need to have basically, this is a, this is a master's degree level program. You can't just go sign up for this and do it and then say you're a health professional. This is like most people who do this are first doctors or chiropractors or at least like a, a nurse practitioner. And then they go on to get their, uh, from the American College of Nutrition, basically you can, or the American College, I'm sorry, the, the American College of Nutrition uh, offers this and you can become a certified nutrition specialist. And then you can legally use food as medicine, which I think is really cool. So if you are interested in this field and you basically want to take it to the top level that you can, this is the way to do it. Okay, so uh, the next one I'm going to tell you about is uh, called studies.show. So I wasn't even going to share this, actually. I was just going to start to share some interesting things from it. But uh, basically, this is research papers uh, that is shared in uh, over Twitter. They're not well, yeah, it's on Twitter, but it's basically the 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 crux of an interesting study shown uh, in 140 characters or less. So you have uh, in biology, six month old infants can hold only one thing in memory, uh, and in history, you have when they use unconventional tactics, small armies beat large ones the majority of the time. So basically, this is a curated list of really interesting research papers and studies and shared in bite sized chunks. So uh, I, I I obviously love reading research studies because I'm sharing them all the time. So this is a, a cool way to do it. Okay, the next one is called Howdy. So this is your new digital coworker for Slack. So I, I couldn't have a podcast episode without mentioning something that helps you make Slack even more awesome than it is, of course, right? So this is called Howdy. And uh, it, basically, it helps you uh, re- automate common work tasks. And the first thing that they do it with is meetings. So I I've talked about Mecan before. But this one is in some ways better. I think it's a little more polished, honestly. And basically, it will help you schedule meetings with your coworkers. So it takes into account different locations, different time zones, all that stuff. And you can basically just say, I need a meeting with this person or with this whole group of people, and it will make it happen. Okay, so getting to, towards the end here now. Uh, the last one, or not the last one, sorry. This is called Newton. Uh, it's a smart watch app for tracking seizures. So uh, if you are unfortunate enough, I'm sorry, to have to deal with epilepsy of some sort or, or a seizure disorder of any kind, uh, ever, you know that it can be extremely disruptive to your life. Some people aren't allowed to drive, aren't allowed to do a lot of things that because they might have a seizure. And it, when someone has a seizure, it's it's very disorienting. It can be very scary. So this is a, a device. It basically allows you to track seizure activity and basically allows you to hopefully identify some triggers and uh, which then you can maybe avoid and help with your treatment as well. So it's not a new concept, but it's the first time that I've seen something specifically using smartwatch technology to track seizure activity. So if you know somebody or you yourself suffer from seizures, this is something that may be really helpful. Uh, okay. So we're getting down to the end here. So this one's called Amino. <laughs> Make more confident decisions about your healthcare. So uh, basically, they analyze data on nearly every doctor in America to match their experience with your needs. So you can find and book a doctor. 
based on what you need. Now, this is really interesting to me. So there's an app, there's a website that some of you may have used before called ZocDoc, which I love and I use myself. And ZocDoc allows you to uh, book uh, uh, book appointments with doctors right through the app. You can sign in through the app, fill out some of their paperwork, and you can see all the doctors. You can see all the availability of several doctors in your area. So what, one of the things I like ZocDoc for is that if I just need something done, but I don't necessarily care who I do it with, you know, like going to a dermatologist for uh, something minor, whatever it might be, then uh, then I don't care. And I'll just go to ZocDoc and find it. So what this is actually is uh, allows you to basically put in what the problem is. So if like, let's say you have asthma or you need uh or for pregnancy or an allergist or something, you can put in the condition and then tell it a little bit more about yourself and it will perfectly match you basically to the doctor that you need. So, uh, Amino, really great. Okay. Just a couple more here. Uh, this one is, there's this, it's an article over at Springwise about a scented cup. Okay. It's called the right cup. They are fruit scented cups that basically trick you into thinking that your plain water is flavored. Okay, so gotta love the placebo effect here. And uh, apparently, even if you're aware of it, it doesn't matter. But basically, you can drink completely plain water, and you will think that you're drinking something that's lemon, lime, orange, mixed berry, or even apple. And it's completely based on fragrance. Now, you may not want to use this, but I can assure you that if you have young children, this is something extremely cool. So check out the right cup. Uh, and then the last thing I want to share is called Sane Connect. So it's from the people over at Sanebox. And basically what they say is instantly turn every employee into a salesperson. So I, basically uh, it's it helps you find the right employee at the right company based on email history. So I, I don't do a lot of sales myself, so I wouldn't necessarily use this specifically. But if you're into sales... I would certainly check this out because it looks very slick. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, again, if you know somebody with Crohn's or colitis, give them a shout out this week. And we'll see you next week at The Less Doing Podcast. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble? Or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Marco Altini, who is the creator of the HRV for Training app. So Marco, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. 
Hi, Ari. Thanks you for having me. So uh, I came across your app, I, I guess it was about three weeks ago or so, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I've been using it every day. And I, we've talked about HRV on the site before, but I do want to get into a little bit behind the science of it. But what, one of the things that was so unique about this app, which is great, is that you can do the HRV measurements using just the lens of the camera, which is awesome. So uh, first of all, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you got interested in, in heart rate variability training at all? Yeah, sure. So uh, I have a background actually in uh, computer science engineering. And for the last five, six years, I've been working with um, wearable technology a lot in the context of uh, monitoring, for example, heart rate, heart rate variability for uh, physical activity, sport, um, estimating, for example, cardiorespiratory fitness or maximal fitness uh, just from these parameters without uh, maximal tests. And um, I've done recently a PhD in uh, applied machine learning, which I'm concluding in a couple of months, in which, again, I've been using wearable sensor data and physiological data trying to interpret this data. So as a side project, I started uh, trying to understand and think of solutions where I could um, basically use this uh, data and this knowledge in a way that was uh, extremely low effort for a user so that you could just use your phone, which is now capable of doing basically anything, uh, to get insights on what is going on with your physiology and especially on um, basically aspects of the autonomic nervous system which regulates um, heart rate variability. For example, parasympathetic activity or um, let's say aspects which are related to stress load that you have in your life due to various reasons. One could be training, but all sorts of stress affect these variables. And then indeed, as you mentioned, I... Uh, package this into an app which can use uh, a technology which is called um, PPG, basically just uh, pointing light to the finger and measuring the reflection of light. You can capture blood flow through a finger. And then since, of course, but blood flow happens when the heart is beating, that information is uh, Pretty much the same information you can get just by using a full ECG device, like a medical device. And you can uh, use that to de determine heart rate variability with really little effort. Okay, so now why should people care about heart rate variability? So basically, um, heart rate variability is a strong marker of uh, parasympathetic activity, which is uh, one of the two branches of the autonomic nervous system. And basically, uh, the autonomic nervous system is regulating everything that happens in the body. So by measuring our heart rate variability in a very simple way, 60 seconds in the morning, we can get an understanding of the different stressors in our life. And that can be used right away to make better decision on the day that is coming up. So for example, in the context of training, by looking at how our array variability changes uh, today with respect to our current baseline of the last few days, we can uh, adapt our training plans or um, 
everything we schedule for the day based on how well our physiology coped with what happened before. While otherwise, without this objective measure, we might uh, end up overtraining or uh, pushing it too much. And then that would cause much longer periods of recovery later on in which we cannot perform. And so, I mean, obviously, this is really great for people who are athletes and they're training, but I mean, you can use this for deciding, you know, if you should deal with a big business meeting that day. Yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, it's the, let's say the best and worst aspect of it is that everything affects your physiology and your heart rate variability. So from you can spot easily being sick, even a few hours before you actually realize because your physiology is already affected. You can monitor, uh, for example, when you travel uh, intercontinental flights and your body needs a few days to adapt, you can see that your heart rate variability and heart rate also change due to this uh, shift. And uh, if you have a longer period of uh, stress, psychological stress, which could lead to chronic stress, uh, or burnout, then you can also spot these changes in, as reductions in your baseline heart rate variability. So, yeah, as you said, while the app is targeted for training, uh, the data is valuable in general because it allows you to get a better understanding of what's uh, basically the overall stress load um, on your uh, physiology, which includes both physical activity and psychological well-being. And and how do you see the uh, the accuracy between the fingertip for, between the camera reader and like a, a you know a chest strap reader? Yes. Uh, so yeah, this app has been validated um, with respect to a Polar H seven, which is uh, a sensor uh, which has been previously validated against full ECG, so clinical standard. Uh, and the technology itself, actually, uh, the PPG, so using blood flow. Um, has been out really for a long time. Uh, there are already papers validating the technology from more than 10 years ago. Uh, what is extremely interesting now is that indeed you can do this just with a phone. So it's not straightforward, meaning that all optical measurements of heart rate, like you have now many devices that can do this at the wrist, for example, the Apple Watch even, they can measure heart rate, but they cannot go beyond that because they average a lot the signal to get you an accurate and reliable heart rate. And therefore, we lose this bit-to-bit -bit information which is necessary for heart rate variability. However, um, the technology is capable of doing that. It's just a matter of um, how you use it. So in the camera version of the app, I use um, a series of signal processing techniques, which basically allow to upsample the frequency of the signal and find exactly where the peak are. And then therefore you can um, provide accurate and reliable measures of array variability, even with this, um, let's say super low effort, low barrier method. Yeah, I was I was very disappointed with that. With the Apple Watch, did not offer heart rate variability testing. It seemed like such an obvious thing. Yeah, indeed. I think one of the issues with all the wrist-based sensors is that they really struggle a lot with motion, right? Because we always move uh, around our wrists, and it's already very hard to get decent heart rate information 
24 seven with that method. And therefore, um, HRV would work only when there is really no motion. So at the moment, it's not really the application they target, I think. While the, let's say, the advantages of using simple tests, which are like 60 seconds in the morning, uh, is that you just can stay steady for that 60 seconds and don't move your finger, and then your measurement will be accurate. But otherwise, with motion, uh, it would also be affected. Yeah, right. Um, and then, I mean, you've integrated this into a few other apps, right? So, what are some of the other apps that you that you've dealt that you've uh, developed? Yeah, exactly. So, the HRV for training app is uh, the one where there is more abstraction. So, it helps even people that are not expert in RTA variability uh, in making better decisions using this tool because it's interpreting the data. It's providing a score which is um, easier to read, and it's also automatically comparing your score with your past baseline scores, so you can understand each day where you lie with respect to your baseline, and if it's going to be a good day, if you are uh, ready for training or for whatever you need to be ready for during your day. And other apps uh, are more, uh, let's say, for experts. So. Uh, they provide you with all the raw data if you want to do experiments and for, often are used, for example, um, in studies at universities. So people that are already experts in RTA variability and want to deploy the tool in a way that is much easier and practical for users, uh, they use the tool that way. And there is no interpretation, let's say, on top of that. Cool, because the, the, the Stressed Out app was also intriguing to me. Yeah, there is also the Stressed Out app. Uh, so this is a slightly different concept. Is um, While the HRV for training app aims at um, finding your baseline with these 60 seconds in the morning and then guiding you with a daily advice, uh, these measurements to be effective need to be done following certain best practices. And one of them is, for example, to do the test while always in the same position, uh, like lying down, still in bed, always around the same time when you've just uh, waken up. So you nearly want to measure without affecting your body with all the other stressors uh, that are going to affect uh, your physiology. For You don't want to even read your email before taking the measurement because you might affect your physiology, get more stressed or excited, depending on what you read. So it's very important to isolate context. On the other hand, with the stressed out app, that's more for spot checks during the day. So let's say you have um, a meeting or uh, some stressful event and you want to see how your physiology is affected, then uh, you can use that app that will allow you to do spot check throughout the day and compare with respect to all your recent measurements in a certain physiological condition so that you get an idea of where you lie in that specific moment. So if you are more stressed, you should see it with respect to your other measurements. It's more for like using it throughout the day, trying different things, while the other one, it's really for uh, finding your baseline and trying to assess your stress load based on what happened in the previous days. Oh, yeah, cool. So now, Marco, we're going to have links to everything in the show notes, of course, but can you just give people the best URL to find everything about your, your apps? 
Yeah, I think the best uh, resource is probably either to go on my website, which is marcoaltini.com or on hrv4training.com, especially if they are interested in knowing more about heart rate variability. On the blog on hrv4training.com, there is um, really many resources on many different aspects, the effect of breathing, of body position, what you can do with the data. So I try to update it quite often with many different analyses also from my data and the data of the users. Okay, well, Marco, thank you so much for the explanation and for creating this awesome app that, as I said, I use every day. So have a good thank day. Thank you, Ari. Very happy to hear that. Have a good day as well. <laughs> Bye. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.